Okay, thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm going to introduce you, uh, Ms. Maya Leah, uh, and she is going to introduce herself and we'll give her a couple of minutes to kind of do a formal introduction. Hello, thank you so much for having me. My name is Maya Leah Vela. I am currently a 1L at St. Mary's University School of Law. I received my bachelor's in journalism from the University of Texas at Austin, and I am originally from San Antonio. So now I'm just attending school in San Antonio. Okay, welcome aboard. It's good to have you with us. Thank you. Thank for you so much. Us. Okay, uh, Maya, I'm going to ask you a question. What just kind of I want you to take us through the journey on how you got to law school. What inspired you? Why did you go there? Just kind of tell us about the journey, how you got, how you got to St. Mary's. Sure. So ever since I was little, I knew exactly what I wanted to be. And that was not a lawyer. I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to major in chemistry and someday become a dermatologist on my own skincare line. And so I got into college thinking that's exactly what I want to do. This is my goal. I have, have it set in stone. But little did I know that my first semester at community college at Northeast Lakeview that I wasn't going to go down that path. Um, I had a very difficult time with chemistry and math. And even though I that was my dream, I just realized that that was not something that I was very passionate about. Um, I had way more fun in my government classes and in my speech and my English classes than I ever did sitting at a desk and writing about just different chemistry formulas and, and all that good stuff. Um, so it didn't really dawn on me to become a lawyer until I was transferring to the University of Texas at Austin and I spoke to you and I asked you for a letter of recommendation. And you said, oh, okay, so you're a political science major, right? And I said, no, I'm chemistry. And I verbatim remember you said, what the hell are you doing? You are a lawyer. And it, it was a very weird moment for me because I never even fathomed that that was something that it was even a possibility. And consequently, like maybe a week after that, my dad, this was in 2016. So the election was happening. Everybody was talking about politics and my opinions needed to be heard about the election always. So I was talking to my parents about it and my dad looked at me and my dad is a biochem major. He was so excited that I was going into chemistry, but after talking with me for a while, he was like, Maya, are you sure you don't want to become a lawyer? And that, that was the final nail in the coffin. I was like, oh no, I really need to start rethinking my goals because this actually does sound very appealing and it, it really uh, caters to my interests of writing, talking to people, public speaking. I loved it. I loved the thought of it. And so I decided to take a, a little bit of a break. I didn't go to full, go to Northeast Lakeview full time for that next semester. I think I took maybe nine hours just to get away from the math classes, get away from the science classes and see, is this really something that I will find possible? Is this something that I want for me? And after doing a lot of research, a lot of self-reflecting, I, I said, you know what, this is something that I really want to do. I think that I could be a great lawyer. And I love reading. I love writing. It's, it's kind of perfect. So thankfully, I got accepted into UT Austin. And even though I didn't get accepted as a political science major like I wanted, I got accepted to be a journalism major. 
and I was kind of like, okay, well, I'll just transfer to liberal arts. You know, I, I really want to be a lawyer. And my advisor said, oh, there's plenty of journalism majors who get accepted uh, to law schools. And it's, it's a pretty common thing. And so I'm just like, okay, that, that's fine. So journalism, fantastic major. I, I recommend journalism to anybody who loves uh, very straightforward writing, talking to people. And it, it really uh, creates a lot of empathy towards people, I think. And I think that's a key to being a really good future lawyer is just having empathy for people. Sure. Um, so got my bachelor's in journalism, uh, started studying for the LSAT, maybe my, uh, the summer of my junior to senior year of college, um, and then took a gap year because of the pandemic and now I'm in law school. Okay, great. That's a very interesting uh, and a great story to, uh, to be in, uh, being part of also as well. Um, let me ask you a question about, because a lot of people, they're very agnostic about certain aspect about law school. When they talk about uh, the admission process, it seems to be very daunting to many people. Um, like the LSAT and then the, the letter of interest that you do have. It seems to be a lot, it's, a lot of people get intimidated by the process. So I want you to take us uh, in, in real life and real time as well, like LSAT, the process of studying for the LSAT, what kind of the techniques and how long did it take you from, from to make an action plan from going to where you at to actually going to law school? What was the timeline of studying and then basically transferring to law school? Sure. So like I said, I started studying my the summer from my junior to my senior year. And I had no idea what the LSAT entailed until maybe like a little bit towards the summer, I said, okay, I can study for it on my own. I don't need a tutor. I don't need to go to classes. Some people get tutors. Some people attend. I know there's plenty of classes, classes. that are available in person and online at the time. This was before the pandemic. And I said, oh no, I don't need it. Like, I'm just going to get like the basic thing that I could. It was an online course and they would give you like different courses, different practice problems, different practice LSATs. And it was very self, self-study. And that was terrible for me actually, because during that summer, I did not take it as seriously as I should have, um, which, it, me now, I regret, but, and back then I didn't know any better. I just thought, okay, like this seems fine. Like this is pretty standard, I guess. Like it doesn't seem too difficult until you actually take the practice test and realize, oh, my first practice test, I think I maybe got like a 140 out of 180. And that will not get you into law school at all. And so it's it's typical to be in like the 140, like mid 140s range when you first start. And you can expect to get maybe a little bit, like maybe 10 points up if you like really study hard. Um, so I, it wasn't looking really good for me at the time, but I told myself like, no, I am, I'm good. I persevere, I can do this. So that's what I did. I, I studied for that year, but I didn't think I studied well. Um, because of that self-study and it was at my own pace so I didn't have anything to really hold me accountable until I took the LSAT 
um, for the first time back uh, when I was a senior, I believe, and I did not do well. I still got into the 140s. And that's when I said, you know what, I need to retake this and I need to take it seriously. So thankfully, not thankfully, but that was when the pandemic hit. And I said, okay, well, this is the perfect opportunity for me to buckle down, stay focus home, on, yes. study, focus on this. And my parents were very gracious and they said, okay, we're going to get you a tutor because I really think you need accountability. And I'm like, okay, I think you're right. And so I got a fantastic tutor um, who did everything through Zoom. And I had, I think I maybe took over 100 practice tests under him. Wow. It, it was quite a bit. And like, that was uh, during the, the pandemic here. It was during yes. like COVID-19. So that kind of like a blessing in disguise in a way, right? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so I took thousands of practice questions and I saw a dramatic difference. And that was just kind of the kick in the butt that I needed just to have somebody who was accountable. But that worked best for me. So it, all in all, I think I maybe studied for a year um, a year and a half, probably. Um, and some people are very different. Some people study a few months in advance. Some people study for a few weeks. I've known people who have studied maybe two weeks prior to the LSAT. Insane. Absolutely insane. That is just not me. I think I've always struggled with standardized testing. Even back in like the SATs, the ACTs, I, I hated it. And I still do not like standardized testing, but wait until I get to the bar. That's <laughs> okay. All right. I'll need a tutor for that too, I'm sure. But yeah, so it's a very daunting experience for me personally, just because, like I said, standardized testing was not my forte and I needed that accountability. Some people are very self starters, like they hold themselves accountable, they're able to self study. And I think work, if that works best for you, do it. If you know that you need a kick in the butt, then I recommend getting a class or I recommend getting that tutor. Okay. Now, let me get kind of like a, a follow-up questions regarding this, because a lot of times uh, when people decide to go to graduate school, uh, they have to kind of submit the paperwork and then uh, direct it to the school of their choice. But I, know, I do believe, I don't want you to shed the light on this issue as well, because what happened is you do not have direct communication with the school that you want to go to. You have to do things through something called the law school admission council. And then I, as far as I know, that law schools do not grant you an interview. So you basically, they have to get, actually be admitted based on how good you look on paper, meaning the LSAT and then the mission statement or the letter of intent. And which is really something, something that you do not write in like a, as an email, it's something very elaborate and you have to think about it a lot. And it's a combination between that letter, between the LSAT score and between the GPA. So how, how, how is that, the fact that you are totally disconnected from the school that you wanna to go to, how, how is that the whole process of connecting through the council, the law school admission council? How does that work? Sure, it was very impersonal, but the the application entails of course your personal statement i feel like your personal statement and your lsat score are super super important because your personal statement is the way that you distinguish yourself from everybody you want to show it's it's not like a personal statement for the sats where you're listing off a whole bunch of your accomplishments 
I think your personal statement really says more about you as a person and why you, maybe it's something that you're passionate about. Maybe it's something that you have learned that you want to incorporate as a lawyer, as a future lawyer. Um, so that's what I did. And that's, that's the most that you're going to get personally, but you don't know anything LSAC. You send in your transcript, you send in your personal statement, you send in your GPA, all of it, all, all of the necessary paperwork through this website, which you have to pay for separately. And some of the, the applications are maybe 70 to 80 to $80 per application, depending on which school. I know a lot of private schools will waive that fee, but for places like UT Austin or to um, Thurgood Marshall, they, they require that fee. Okay, and uh, is there a limit mm -hmm. on how many law schools you can apply for through the, uh, the council? No, there is not. You can apply to anywhere and everywhere as long as you send in all of the requirements. Yeah, and, but the uh, cost becomes yeah. an issue. You don't want to be applying to 100 law schools and it becomes like you'll be $1,000 in debt for, for that. So you have to be careful about, like, do you, do you rank when you when you are at that level? Do you rank like, okay, my my best choice, like tier, I mean, which law schools do you want to go to? Like, this is my want to go to. This is the middle. I mean, do you, you pick like how many law schools a typical law school student will pick uh, and I, then uh, go through the process of the uh, council? Sure. I believe an average um, future law student will probably apply to five law schools, maybe five to 10. I feel like after 10, that's a little excessive. Okay. Um, for me personally, I, I think the most that I submitted to was maybe five, four or five. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, let's see. Yes, and I definitely had to take. Okay, is this a school that I really want to go to, or is it a school that I really do not want? And okay, what about uh, how far is it? What's the tuition? What is? I had to figure this you all out. Started to do through, a compare and contrast. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I, I had to figure this all out from. So thankfully, I was in some, I was in a law fraternity called Phi Delta Phi at UT Austin. And so I had some of the um, law school representatives come and like talk to us and see, okay, well, this is like our school. So I'm like, okay, so I see at least different aspects of them. What, what I like, what don't I like, and, or just through their website. And that was pretty much it. Okay. Okay. That's wonderful. Um, and then if you can just tell us. And we'll take a we'll take a couple of minutes. We'll take a break after this question, but just uh, tell me about after applying to this because how difficult it was and how challenging it was. How did you receive the news when you actually got into law school? How did you? What is the uh, if you can capture that emotions that you had at that particular time? I can actually because it was in the Starbucks parking lot. <laughs> It was in a Starbucks parking lot and I was with my mom and this was my acceptance to St. Mary's and it, it was so like I just kind of froze I was just like like silent for like a little bit I was checking my emails because that that was just like a habit now I was like okay I already applied to like a couple so I'm checking kind of religiously and then I just see congratulations and I'm like why like oh my gosh like this this is everything that I've been working for all of the tears, all of the feelings of, oh my gosh, am I even good enough to get into law school? All lifted. 
it, it was kind of surreal. And I got a green tea afterwards. And oh, I wow. said, okay, okay <laughs> I, I did it. And it, it was just so relieving. Okay. Okay, that's that's wonderful. Was there ever a doubt in your mind you're gonna get in? I mean, would you were you like uh, uh, anxiously anticipating, or what, what was the uh, the initial reaction prior to that? I mean, you were like a, you know waiting, or what's? Uh... I think I knew that I was going to get into law school because I dramatically improved my LSAT score, and I I had a pretty decent GPA at UT. And I did plenty of um, extracurricular activities. So I thought, okay, I'm definitely getting to law school, but I just don't know which one or whether or not they are going to give me a scholarship or anything, but I just wanted to get in. I think that was my main goal was just getting in and then figuring out the rest later. And so having St. Mary's accept me, but also give me a scholarship was more than I could have asked for. Great. That's wonderful. We're going to take a little break. Uh, stay tuned, everyone. Uh, thank you, Ms. Maya, and we'll be returning in a couple of minutes. Thank you. Okay, and we are back with Ms. Maya, and we're going to be continuing talking about the journey to go to law school. Uh, the last thing you mentioned when you got the news and you were so excited and elated about, you know, getting into St. Mary's from Starbucks parking lot. So take, it, take us from there to the campus of St. Mary's University. Take us through that journey and how you got there to St. Mary's. Sure, so I had never toured St. Mary's before, which is very odd because I'm from San Antonio and I had never been to that part of San Antonio. So it was a little bit of a treat to go there and see the campus after I was accepted and think, okay, do I see myself being here? Do I see myself walking down this pathway for the next three years and, and graduating from here. And when I got to St. Mary's, it was such a welcoming vibe. The energy was great. The faculty was so, so sweet. And the campus I, is very beautiful. Also. Beautiful. It's a very old like campus, but it's just so much history. You can feel all the history there. And that's that's what I loved. I loved the aesthetics of it. And the people there were very nice. And so I was like, okay, I definitely see myself being here. And I accepted the, the acceptance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I accepted that. And so I started planning everything. I'm typical, kind of like undergrad, you have like your set of books, you have your, your professors, you're taking 15 hours your first semester. And so I'm, my first semester here, I'm currently taking torts, civil procedure, um, contracts and then legal writing and so all it's all the baseline for the one else they're they're all going to take the same classes and what i really liked about saint mary's is that we were divided into sections our incoming class was about 200 almost 300 people and so we're divided into uh i believe four about 70 ish sections 70 people each mm -hmm. And so that's why I liked about it because it felt smaller. I'm from a, I went to a Christian private school from fifth grade to my senior year of high school. So I'm very used to a small class and that's what I really liked. And so getting there, I, I had no idea what to expect. I had a few friends in, in different law schools. So I have one at Baylor, I have one at South Texas. And so they were telling me like little snippets 
of just what to a little bit of what to expect, but it could be totally different because law schools are different. So I'm, I took everything just kind of with a grain of salt and media portrays it so differently than what it actually is. Growing up watching Legally Blonde and thinking that the professors are going to kick you out or that they don't care about you or that they're going to intimidate you or like try to bring you down was totally not what it was. I went into St. Mary's that first week thinking, what if they're, they're going to call me for these cases? What if I, what if I freeze? What if I just worst case scenarios all around, but thankfully the professors there are wonderful. They actually do care about what you learn. And yes, the Socratic method is a thing. They are going to ask you questions and it's just to make you think critically and think, okay, like why, why in the reading did they roll this? Why did they do this? And so just kind of recall. And, okay. and so I was very happy with it. My first week I got cold called, scariest thing. However, do not let it show. <laughs> okay. I, I tried to uh, at least hide my nervousness uh, from everybody and it was not as bad. And I think during my next three years, I'm gonna get cold called a million times and nobody's going to remember what you said. No one's gonna remember if you totally bombed this one question that professor asked, you're all in the same playing field. You're all trying to get by. And I am so grateful for my section because they are so, um, what's it called? There's like a lot of collaboration. Colla yeah, absolutely. Um, uplifting. They're so encouraging. And they were saying like, oh, good job, Maya. Like you did so good. And I'm just like, thank you. I, I tried my best. <laughs> I don't think I did that well, but thank you so much. And that, if, if it wasn't for that, I would have probably cried. <laughs> Okay. okay. And so I was very grateful and yeah, the work is a lot and I expected a lot of work that that's not going to change. That's what they kind of got right in the media is like, yes, it's hard work. It's a lot of work, but surround yourself with good people. Know that your professors are there to help you and no one is trying to make you feel stupid. Okay. Uh, imposter syndrome is real, but you're there for a reason. And so okay. take that to heart. All right. Now, let me ask you a question. I mean, coming from UT and then prior to that, you were at NLC. Mm -hmm. uh, they, each a different institution, each has different you know, attributes. What is the biggest adjustment you had to do as a student in terms of study habits and then adjusting to law school? Was it a big curve that you had to actually adjust to or were your study habits at the previous two institutions was good enough or you had to actually elevate your game a little bit? Huge. I'm still trying to figure out how to study a new form of studying because in at Lakeview, I, I use the same study methods that I did back in high school where I, I didn't need to study much. I could read something. I'd be like, okay, I get it. Cool. Test done. That's it. And for journalism in undergrad, I rarely needed to study, except for maybe a few extra classes where it was like molecules to organisms and I had to study for that, but didn't work out well. Um, and then journalism is more of like a practice you do. Okay, I got graded on my articles. I was graded on my articles and like how well I, I wrote them. 
And so there was not much that I needed to study. So I was very out of practice with reading 40 to 50 pages a night and memorizing all of this law. And then what about these cases? What happened in each case? We write briefs on each case. However, we still need to remember off the top of our head because we can't just sit down and just read because that doesn't look good. And so memorizing is not enough. That's what I've learned so far is that memorization can only take you so far, but application is what they're really looking after, what they're really wanting you to do. And so it's so, so different from anything that I've ever experienced or anything that I had to do before. So I'm still trying to navigate through that. Okay. Now you did uh, took us through the journey, like on how people portray law school, how it is to be like a, how, how it portrayed in, in our culture and movies. And you mentioned the movie, like legally ignorant and everything else. Uh, but in your own psyche, in your own head, what has been the biggest, I don't want to say, I don't want to say to use the word disappointment, but I mean, what is the biggest kind of misconception about law school? I mean, basically from your head, from the idealism to reality, what is the biggest thing that you had to face uh, being in law school right now? Um, that you're not going to have as much downtime as you would like. Uh, there is just, like I said, there's a lot of work. And so a lot of the things that you love as at least during first year needs to be pushed aside. I, I can't imagine how many times that I've wanted to turn on the TV. I don't think my TV was turned on until maybe October when I moved into my place in August. I did not get in touch with like any of my shows that I loved watching, my video games. I, I felt pretty exhausted. And I think that's just the reality that a lot of law students face is that during those, that adjustment period, you are not going to have that free time. But what's important is you make that time. At least setting aside a couple of hours cook, play a video game, uh, watch some TV, or maybe go out with your friends, something to de-stress because even though, yes, you need to take your, your studies super seriously, that needs to be a priority, you and your mental health also come first. And having that, there's small like little treats, I guess, or just letting yourself be who you are because you're, you're gonna be a law student for the next three years, but who, you are and what you love to do also needs to kind of shine through. And so having that set amount of time is very important. Okay, great. We're going to take uh, another break and when we come back, we will be discussing uh, some stuff that a lot of also misconceptions about like a specialization in law school, because now we are bombarded by different kind of law and do you actually particularly study that in law school? Is there any kind of specialization or is it something that you do through practice? We're going to come back uh, with Ms. Maya in a couple of minutes and we will ask her that question and to be continued. Thank you for coming in. Okay, welcome back everyone and welcome back Ms. Maya. Uh, thank you for joining us again in this Talk EDU. Um, uh, I'm going to ask you a question about um, other misconceptions, uh, we, we see a lot of lawyers who have some kind of specialty, like there's immigration law, there's civil liberties, civil rights, you know, injury lawyers and all that stuff. 
So is that something that you actually specialize for? Is there a specialization in law school or how does that process work in law school? No. Okay. Yeah, so there is none, no specialization. I know in undergrad, you can be like, okay, this is my, my majors in biochemistry, my majors in journalism. There is no set immigration lawyer pathway or a corporate lawyer pathway. It is just, okay, here's your standard classes that you need to take. If you want to take a, uh, maybe a sports law class, you can take that, that is available, not really a requirement. Or if you want to take a higher level contrast class, you can probably do that. There is no pathways or specializations in law school. But what there are, are different organizations that are available to you, which you can network in and you can join. So there are like the Hispanic Law Student Associations, there's the Longhorn uh, Law Student Network that I am a part of. So that is awesome, hookup. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just whatever, or whatever area of law that you find interesting, there's probably an, an organization for that. And that is probably your best bet of, if you want to specialize in something, then going there, networking, seeing what opportunities are there and internships. Internships are probably very important whether or not you want to specialize into something. So if you want to go into big law, maybe your 1L or 2 you'll you try to apply for a big law internship. Or if you want to go into immigration, then probably do a whole bunch of pro bono work at an immigration clinic. St. Mary's offers family law clinics, an immigration clinic, a criminal defense clinic. And so if you want to go down that path, then there are different ways that you can be involved. Okay. Well, that's, thank you for that information. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question, a follow-up question regarding the same thing. Um, where do you see yourself? Like, do you have, a, uh, you have a passion for law, obviously, that, and that's great. But what kind of specialization uh, do, you, yourself, do you see yourself uh, getting into? There's probably two areas of law that I find the most interesting and where I could see myself going. But first and foremost is immigration law. I, I come from a Mexican-American family. My grandparents came here from Mexico. My mom was born in Acuna. And all of my family are from South Texas, Mexico. Yeah. And immigration is such a dear topic in my heart and it's something that I could see myself helping other people and really making a difference in. I think that that's something that's going to be needed, especially in this political climate. Um, and they, they deserve a voice, they deserve justice. And I would be honored to help immigrants come into this, into this country. And the second area of law would probably entertainment law. Okay. Huge, <laughs> huge jump. But as a journalist, I am such an advocate for journalists' right to freedom of speech and to protect their interests and maybe even doing contracts for music for different bands. I think that would be so, so fun. And that that's probably the two areas of law that I see myself in and that I could probably be happy in. I interned at a family law firm, which was an amazing experience. I interned for them back in 2018, my junior year of college, and loved the people. I worked under amazing attorneys, brilliant, brilliant attorneys and paralegals. And even though they are amazing, I just really don't see myself doing family law, at least not by itself. I know that family law really entered 
intertwines itself with immigration. So I kind of have my foot, my foot in the water when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't see myself as a family law lawyer. Okay. But who knows? It could probably change. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> now, now let me ask you a question. Since you did mention it's related to the same topic we're discussing, which is specialization in law school. Um, granting there is no specific specialization in law school, but is there any law schools that are maybe friendlier to certain aspect of the law more than others, like entertainment law, maybe maybe in California more than New York or Texas is more. I mean, is there any 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 kind of categories of um, not specialization, but you you're getting more if you go to this law school because they're focusing on this type of law? Is there something like that in law schools or not? I think so. I think if you really want to get into big law, then maybe UT Austin or to Harvard, uh, the big big schools, you know, I I think that that would probably be best if you wanted to do that for immigration. I think, I think St. Mary's, that's, that's the first thing because they have a great immigration clinic. There's so many opportunities here in South Texas for immigration and uh, I think that's great. I think for probably corporate or business, maybe SMU, um, I think they have a pretty good pretty good program when it comes to that because it's in Dallas. I think Dallas is a huge hub for a lot of corporations. And same thing for Houston. Okay, sounds good. Let me ask you a question also, and then we'll take a, we'll take a break and we'll come back for the concluding uh, segment in a couple of minutes. Um, the transfer process. Uh, I, I know law school is a, you, you come in as a full time student, and they're very rigid about like you taking classes. You like your first year, you taking this class, you taking that class. Um, is there a process where you could transfer from one law school to the next? Is there something going on, or is it if it's not done after like one semester or one year, it will be too late? How does that process work? If there is a process of transfer. There is definitely a process that you could transfer. Um, usually first years will probably transfer. I think that's probably the best way. Um, different law schools have different policies, I'm sure. I know St. Mary's probably also has, okay, transfer. you can transfer your first year. I know some universities probably don't allow you to transfer after your second year um, because obviously they want you to stay. You know, you already took so many courses and it's very limited. So it's probably not in your best interest to transfer law schools during your third year, because it's only three years. So I, I, there is definitely a process. However, it, it has crossed my mind sometimes, but also not because you're just so focused on getting the best grades and like surviving law school that I think transferring is, like, unless you make it your goal, you're just trying to do your best and you're just trying to survive. So kudos to you if you want to transfer, but I, I just really need to focus on my, my studies. And so that's what I'm doing, but that's definitely an option if, if so chosen. Okay, okay, great. All right, um, we are gonna take a, a one last break and we're gonna come back for a concluding segment. Uh, so stay tuned, we'll be back. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you, Ms. Maya, for again joining us in this uh, great episode uh, regarding your journey and transformation uh, from college to going to St. Mary's Law for the first year. Um, 
I just want to open, give you like an open floor just to kind of give us any concluding thoughts regarding your experience, if you have anything to share with us regarding that experience. And then before we finish and before we conclude this segment, uh, it's really very uh, an honor for me to be with you today. And it's really kind of a, a very, very um, surreal for me to be with you today because I really remember very vividly um, when, when you were in my class and we had those talks. And then I, I detected something that's, uh, that's uh, you know, uh, in you that uh, I thought would be something that you were gonna do great in. And um, it, it, it brings me really a personal satisfaction to see you uh, in the midst of accomplishing that goal that you have set for yourself. So I just wanna leave the floor for you. Just tell us anything that you wanna tell us about your experience at large and to leave any concluding thoughts to many students who are probably gonna be walking in your footsteps down the line. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much. I am honored that you allowed me to be here and to share in my experiences. So thank you so much. And I guess I would just have to say that if you work hard enough, anything is possible. It doesn't matter where you start, as long as you keep at it and you persevere and you get up and realize that you are stronger and smarter than you think, then I think you're going to do anything. You can do anything that you set your mind to. Um, I was very discouraged um, probably my first year at, at Northeast Lakeview because I didn't, I, my whole world was shattered. I didn't know where I was going or what I needed to do because I thought that I had my life planned out to a T ever since I was maybe 12 or 13 years old when I wanted to become a dermatologist. And it's never too late to be, to change your mind and to realize what you want to do and hone in on things that you're passionate about and you're not gonna work a day in your life. And you're gonna have no regrets as long as you continue to strive for what you want and your goals. Nicely said. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Ms. Maya. I really appreciate you, you taking the time out of your very busy schedule. And then also, Ms. Maya will be actually joining us on campus because uh, we have invited officially uh, San Mary's Law School to come uh, to give us a kind of a town hall um, informational session about the journey to how to transfer from college and go all the way to San Mary's Law. So she will be uh, part of the uh, visiting team, I guess it was a, a combination of administrators and faculty and now first year students. So we are looking forward to having you on campus to your home campus because we are we have we have to claim you somehow. You were here at you were here first. So. <laughs> We were looking forward so to true. seeing you soon. Uh, and then uh, to be continued, I'm sure we will have uh, another maybe episode with you. We'll be watching you. I mean, you you have like your first year, maybe we'll interview you the second year as well. And then uh, for many, many visits for our Polytalk EDU podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Ms. Maya. I look forward to seeing you in person next week. Take care. Thank you. <laughs>